Psalm 103, beginning at verse 8. Yahweh is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and full of faithful love. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid us according to our offenses. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His faithful love toward those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so Yahweh has compassion on those who fear Him. For He knows what we are made of, remembering that we are dust. As for man, the days are like grass. He blooms like a flower of the field. When the wind passes over it, it vanishes, and its place is no longer known. But from eternity to eternity, Yahweh's faithful love is toward those who fear Him, and His righteousness toward the grandchildren of those who keep His covenant, who remember to observe His instructions. May Yahweh bless His word to our hearts today. I want to talk to you today about the compassion of Yahweh. The law of Yahweh and the commandments of Yahweh are beautiful, and there is nothing wrong with any of them. They are all true. But it is also true that every one of us in here who serves Yahweh has broken His commandments both before we pledged allegiance to Him and after we pledged allegiance to Him. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the perfect glory of Yahweh. We all deserve to be punished. We deserve actually to be dead right now on the spot. Yet because of Yahweh's compassion, we are here. When we come to Him daily in faith and repentance, He keeps taking us back over and over and over again. And this is why you have salvation. It's not because you are sinless. It's because Yahweh is compassionate. Amen. I wish I could tell you that I don't sin or struggle with anything or that I never have a bad thought or a mean thought or that I always treat people properly. But if I told you that, I would be lying. Isn't it funny how that when our children are little, they think that us parents can do nothing wrong. They look at us as perfect people. And then one day they grow up and the picture of a perfect mom or a perfect dad becomes marred. And it's not because everybody is just an awful, terrible parent. It's because we're all flawed. Even the best parent has flaws, struggles and sins. I deal on a personal level with doubt, discouragement, depression, sinful thoughts. Sometimes I deal with anger issues while driving down the road or dealing with the public at work. Anybody else deal with those anger issues? A pastor should be a man who sets an example. I'm not saying otherwise than that. I'm just saying that I'm not here today because I'm such a strong person. That's not why I'm here. That's not why I'm teaching you today is because Matthew is strong. It's because I serve a strong, mighty one. 
I serve a strong Yahweh. He has carried me when I could not walk. He has picked me up and brushed me off after I was knocked out. He has breathed life into me when I had none. He is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and full of faithful love. That's Psalm 103, verse 8. That's what verse 8 says. It starts by saying Yahweh is compassionate. What is that? The word compassionate means this. You look at somebody that is hurting and you have a desire to alleviate their distress. That's what compassion means. And that is Yahweh towards you. He sees your hurt, your problems, whatever it is that is bothering you, whatever it is that's pushing you down, and He has a desire to make you better. Now, He also wants to teach you lessons. He doesn't just want to zap you and make you better. He wants to teach you lessons. And the biggest lessons are learned through trials. But those trials aren't meant to make you weaker. We feel like we're weak when we go through them, don't we? But Yahweh doesn't put us through trials to make us weaker. He puts us through trials so that we come out on the other end stronger. And even in death, the saint comes out on the other side of that biggest trial of life stronger in resurrection. But through it all, Yahweh is compassionate towards you. Every person, get this, every person in a relationship with Yahweh is in that relationship because He was compassionate towards you. Your relationship with Yahweh does not stem or begin with you being willing, but rather because He was first compassionate. Then it says in verse 8 that Yahweh is gracious. Graciousness is a word that has to do with kindness and courtesy and generosity. Yahweh owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Psalm 50 tells us that. And even the heavens can't contain Yahweh. 1 Kings chapter 8. Yet He shares with us all that He owns. He puts us as stewards over things. He gives us land, family, friends. He gives us a congregation. And He even places some of His Spirit inside of us. He does all of this because He is gracious. He has the power to grant eternal life to you and He generously hands that out to you. Not because you deserve it, but because He's gracious. Then it says in verse 8 that Yahweh is slow to anger. And that means exactly what you think it means. It takes Him a long time to get angry. You ever met someone with a short temper? Like it doesn't take long to tick that person off. Anybody ever met somebody like that? Don't look around. Don't look around. <laughs> Yahweh is the opposite of that. He puts up with all the trash that goes on in the world. And each day that goes by, that wickedness is not completely wiped out off the face of the earth. It's because Yahweh has a long fuse. Or like the Bible says, He's slow to anger. At the end of verse 8, we read that He is full of faithful love. The contemporary English version reads here, His love never fails. I like that. The old King James says He is plenteous in mercy. I like that too. 
You may sometimes think you're too far away to receive Yahweh's love, but He's got plenty of it for you. He's full of faithful love. In one sense, we are all too far away. None of us deserve His love, but He still gives it to us. You know why? Because Yahweh is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and full of faithful love. This is Yahweh. Our hope is in Him. We have failed. We've told Him one thing and then we went and did something else. Proverbs says that a righteous person falls seven times but gets back up. Why do we get back up during those seven times of falling? Is it because we are so good? No, it's because He picks us back up each time. You are sitting here today in an assembly of His because Yahweh has been compassionate, gracious, slow of anger, and full of faithful love towards you. Look at verse 9. Verse 9 says, He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. We serve Yahweh the forgiver or Yahweh the kind one. Revelation chapter 12 talks about this great dragon. It calls him the devil and Satan and it gives him the title accuser of the brethren. Satan is the one who will try to bring up your past failures and even your current failures and your current struggles and he will tell you you're not really Yahweh's child. He'll take that big sword and try to knock you over the head like Brother TJ preached about and try to put doubt and discouragement in your mind. You don't really belong to Yahweh. Yahweh's really not in your life. Now it is true that you have done things that make Yahweh angry. He knows how bad you've messed up. It's not anything too difficult for him to know or to find out. He knows everything that I've ever done wrong. He knows everything that you've ever done wrong. He's got the slideshow. Every bad thought, every coarse word, every outburst of anger, every time that we've dishonored a parent or a grandparent, every lie, every single time that you've put yourself before Him, He knows all of that. And that's why when we pray, we should just let it all out because He already knows it. Just confess our sins to Him. He knows all that, yet He forgives all of that when you come to Him with confession of sin in faith and repentance. He does not accuse you forever. Once you've repented, His anger is quenched. In verse 10, one of my favorite verses here in Scripture, it says, He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid us according to our offenses. Your sins deserve to be punished. Your actions earn condemnation. You deserve the wrath of Yahweh. Your payment should be death. But what? You pulled up your bootstraps? You cleaned up your act on your own? No. But Yahweh. But Yahweh. Yahweh has not dealt with you as your sins deserve. I stand here before you today preaching this gospel only because Yahweh has not dealt with Matthew as Matthew's sins deserve. I don't deserve to be here. I don't. But Yahweh has not dealt with me as my sins deserve. Yahweh has not repaid me according to my offenses. And why? It's because He is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and full of faithful love. Verse 11 says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His faithful love towards those who fear Him. So it's for those who fear Him now 
but it's an all-field reverence that we recognize His power and His authority. But this does not mean that you feared Him or revered Him first. This is speaking of you fearing Him after He pulled you up from the miry clay, Psalm says, and set your feet on the rock and established your goings, put a new song in your heart, praise unto Yahweh. So you're now in a relationship with Him. But even though you're in a relationship with Him and you fear Him, if I asked you, do you fear Yahweh? A lot of hands would go up. But we still all struggle, don't we? We still all have failures. We still all make mistakes. Let's just say it. We still all transgress the law of Yahweh. Ain't no sense in sugarcoating. Ain't no sense in acting like it's all peaches and cream or pie in the sky. We transgress Yahweh's law. I know sometimes we see or hear people who act like they don't. Some people can put a pretty good show on social media. Some folks have you thinking they're the next Enoch or Deborah. By the way they dress in that social media Facebook pic. Have you thinking they some kind of prophet or prophetess? By the way they pronounce a Hebrew word. Come on now. I'm just being real. Some people will make you think that. It's all a show. We're all real people here. Every one of us. We all live in a glass house. If we start throwing rocks, every house in here is going to break. Ain't nobody's house going to stand firm because we've all got problems. But if you're in a relationship with Yahweh, a lifestyle, a lifestyle now, not not one time, not coming down to an altar, not praying a sinner's prayer once or nothing like that, a lifetime, daily confession of sin, faith, repentance, every day. If that's you, that genuine desire to be pleasing to Him, even though you struggle and fall seven times, His faithful love towards you is so great. This verse says, it's as high as the heavens are above the earth. So great is His faithful love towards those who fear Him. How high is that? I don't know, and neither does anybody else. I remember not too long ago, Tisha and I were flying up to Michigan for Brother Dalton's wedding with his beautiful bride, Simca. It was such a pure wedding. It was a treat. It was a treat. One thing I remember, we were on that plane flight. I think we were with Delta. I remember there was this simulation screen there that I could look at, and it was touch screen, and you could see the flight pattern, and you could tell how high you were up in the sky, and it was like 40,000 feet up in the air. And then we were going around 400 miles per hour, and I thought, we're 40,000 feet up in the air, and we're going 400 miles per hour. And if I wasn't in this plane, I'd be dead. And it amazed me. And I remember I leaned over and poked Tisha and I said, we're 40,000 feet up in the air and going 400 miles an hour. She said, yeah, okay. (laughs) She shook her head. It amazed me though. I was amazed by that. But we still weren't as high as the heavens are above the earth. I could look out the window and I could still see heavens that went further up, Brother Jerry. We were 40,000 feet up above the earth and there was still more room to go up into the heavens. That's how great Yahweh's faithful love is towards those who fear Him, according to this verse. It's similar to Jeremiah 31 where it says, If the heavens above can be measured, then I'll reject all of Israel's descendants. And the understanding is you can't measure the heavens above. 
And that's how much love Yahweh has for His people. In verse 12, it says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. How far is the east from the west? How far is the east from the west? I like the old Methodist theologian's comments, Mr. Adam Clark. Adam Clark says, As the east and the west can never meet in one point, but be forever at the same distance from each other, so our sins and their decreed punishment are removed to an eternal distance by His mercy. The understanding here, the general understanding is that Yahweh has removed our transgressions of the law to a faraway place. That's what it means. There's some parallels in other verses. Hezekiah one time uh, says in Isaiah 38, speaking of Yahweh, he says, Yahweh, you have thrown my sins behind your back. The understanding is to a place you can't see them at the forefront. In Micah 7 verse 19, it speaks of Yahweh casting all of our sins into the depths of the sea or the ocean. Again, out of reach where they're gone. And as far as the east is from the west is comparable to verse 11 where it says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth. There's parallels there. When Yahweh forgives you, your sin is sent on a one-way trip into oblivion. And that's hard for us to fathom because even when we forgive people, we still have thoughts about what they once did to us. Don't we? And sometimes we nurse that thought, even though we're not supposed to. We nurse that thought and it stirs up bad feelings inside of us. But that's not the case with Yahweh. It's not the case with Yahweh. Once you confess your sin and repent of your sin, He cast it into the depths of the sea. He throws it behind His back. He moves it as far as the east is from the west. Yahweh chooses because He can. Because He is the I Am that I am. Yahweh chooses not to remember it anymore. So my friends, trust in these verses today. Sometimes, you know, sometimes our conscience will beat ourselves up over something we've already confessed and repented of. Sometimes the devil will throw up something in your face and sometimes a person that's being a devil will throw up something in your face. Something that you've done in the past that you've already confessed and repented of and somebody wants to bring something up because they want you to feel bad. That's not the work of Yahweh. If you do that to somebody, you're doing the devil's work. You're not doing Yahweh's work. When that happens to you, because it's going to happen because we live in this world, this sinful world, when that happens to you, I want to encourage you to start quoting these verses in Psalm 103. You want a new memory verse to learn? Here it is, Psalm 103, 8 through 18, specifically verses 10 through 12. Memorize those verses. Put them on your refrigerator. Say them every morning after you recite the Shema and say the Lord's Prayer. Say Psalm 103. Look at verse 13. Verse 13 says, As a father has compassion on his children, so Yahweh has compassion on those who fear him. So this comes all the way back around to verse 8. Yahweh is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, full of faithful love. And it's described here in verse 13 as a good father's compassion on his children. And we've got a lot of fathers in here. And every father who loves his children would rather his children be taken care of than he. 
I've laid in my bed at night meditating on how to help one of my children who is in need. And Tisha and I have talked it out before because we don't want them to suffer in any way. If any of my children needed food and had no way to get it, I'd do everything in my power to get them some food. Same with clothes, same with shelter, and same with anything that they needed. A good father will stand in the gap for his children, take care of his children, protect his children. A good father puts his children above himself. Fathers work long, hard hours so that their children can live good lives. And maybe I'm throwing this in here for a good Father's Day present. I don't know. No, I'm not. I'm just preaching this because that's what the text says. So for real, all of that that I just said, that is Yahweh towards those who fear Him. He puts us first. He stands in the gap for us. He takes care of us. He feeds us, clothes us, houses us, and provides all we need and so much more as a father has compassion on his children, so Yahweh has compassion on those who fear Him. It is Yahweh that gives us the power to gain wealth. It is Yahweh who keeps the breath of life active in us when we fall asleep at night and then wake up the next morning because our Father has sustained us through sleep. All of that is because Yahweh is compassionate towards us like a good father. Verse 14, this is why it says, For He knows what we are made of, remembering that we are dust. I think this is an allusion back to Genesis where man was made from the dust of the earth. I do think that's where the author is going, but I think also that the author is bringing up dust because we can throw dust in the air and it fizzles away or we step on dust. He knows we're frail. He knows we're fragile. He knows we're weak. And the point is, is that even for those who fear Him in all of our service, devotion, and obedience, we still stumble and fall in many ways. I love how Brother James says that in James chapter 3, right after he talks about faith without works is dead in chapter 2. He begins chapter 3 by saying, for we all stumble in many ways. <laughs> so that we don't get the big head after reading James 2 and think that we did enough works to merit our salvation. You can't do any works to merit your salvation. You already messed that up a long time ago. While we serve Yahweh, we still have to ask for His forgiveness, repent, strive, love, come back again and again. It's me again, Yahweh. It's me again, Yahweh. I need to confess something and ask for your help. It's me again, Yahweh. And you know what? He keeps on forgiving you. And it's not because you're you. It's because He's compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and full of faithful love. Yahweh knows that you get tired. Yahweh knows that you grow weary. Yahweh knows when you get sad or discouraged or doubt. Yahweh knows all of that. He knows that you start sinking under a heavy load. He knows your pain. He sees your tears. He knows how pressed down you feel. He knows when you feel like giving up and throwing in the towel and saying, I've had enough. Yahweh knows all of that. And sometimes He lets us get almost to that breaking point and then He has compassion. Your service to Yahweh does not cause Yahweh's compassion. His compassion upon you is what causes your service to Him. 
Let me say that again. Your service to Yahweh is not what causes His compassion. His compassion on you is what causes your service to Him. Verses 15 through 18. Listen to this. As for man, remember we're but dust, verse 14 says. Verse 15, as for man, that's humanity, including women as well, his days are like grass. He blooms like a flower of the field. When the wind passes over it, it vanishes. And its place is no longer known. That's me and you. But from eternity to eternity, and what that means, brothers and sisters, catch this, from eternity past to eternity future, Yahweh's faithful love is towards those who fear Him. And His righteousness toward the grandchildren of those who keep His covenant, who remember to observe His instructions. If that doesn't make you want to obey Yahweh's law, I don't know how to persuade you. His righteousness is toward the grandchildren of those who keep His covenant. That's not some kind of magic thing. It's that if you remain in His covenant and you've taught your children His covenant, your children will teach their children His covenant. Their children will teach their children His covenant. And it will continue to go on and on. That's why His righteousness is toward those who remember and not forget to keep His covenant. I met a man this past week who knew my granddaddy. I'd never met this man before in my life and I came upon him by happenstance on the last job of the day. We were doing a job for a fellow in Covington, the Jersey side of Covington. This fellow was around 50 years old, about 10 years older than myself. And we got to talking about the business and I told him we were out of Rockdale County and he said, yeah, my dad used to live in Rockdale County. I said, really? What's your dad's last name? And he told me, and I can't remember, but I said, a lot of my family's been in Rockdale County. As a matter of fact, on my granddaddy's side, we've been in Rockdale since the 1930s. He said, wow, what's their last name? I said, Walden. He said, Walden, that sounds familiar. And he went and got his dad. He brought his old dad out. And I got to talking to his dad, and not only did, my, did he know my granddaddy, he was friends with my granddaddy. And he called him Sanford. And that was my granddaddy's middle name, John Sanford Walden. Now, he went by John when he was older. I called him granddaddy. But he went by John when he got older. But when he was younger, he was called Sanford. And he said, the ladies called me Sants. <laughs> That's what he told me one time. <laughs> but this fellow knew my granddaddy. He said, we were tight when we were children. And even in high school, we were close. And I was like, whoa. What's the chances of that, Brother Jerry? I do a job out here in Jersey and I meet a fellow that was friends with my granddaddy. He knew about the bad car accident that my granddaddy got in where my granddaddy had to learn to talk and walk and eat all over again. And his mama said, I raised him one time and I'll raise him again. Well, that man was old and my granddaddy's gone. Verse 15 says, As for man, his days are like grass. He blooms like the flower of the field, and when the wind passes over it, it vanishes, and its place is no longer known. And then that man began to tell me how he had lost his wife a couple years ago, and I could tell he teared up, so I tried to change the subject. I told him, I'm sorry, sir, that you lost your wife, but it still pinched him. Why did he lose his wife? As for man, his days are like grass. He blooms like the flower of the field. Then the wind comes, it vanishes, and it's over. 
And that man that I was talking to, his days will be over. He's in the winter years of his life. May Yahweh bless his soul. Brothers and sisters, that's all of us. I don't have this in my notes, but can I read something out of Ecclesiastes? The other day I went to a funeral of my great aunt, Aunt Eileen. She was 85 years old. She passed away and now there's only one sibling left in that family line. My granddaddy's sister. And I thought about Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verses 1 through 3. Listen to this. Listen to this, brothers and sisters. We need to remind ourselves of this. Ecclesiastes 7, A good name is better than fine perfume. And the day of one's death than the day of one's birth. It is better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting. Since that is the end of all mankind and the living should take it to heart. Grief is better than laughter, for when the face is sad, a heart may be glad. Verse 4, the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in a house of pleasure. Brothers and sisters, our days are like grass. We bloom like a pretty flower, but it's only pretty for a little while. And then we're going to grow old, and our time is up. Now, if we are a child of Yahweh through our elder brother, Yeshua of Nazareth, Yeshua the anointed king, the anointed one, he makes all of what I'm talking tonight possible. If that is us, then Yahweh's faithful love is upon you from eternity to eternity. And your grandchildren will experience that faithful love if you hold fast to his covenant and remember to keep his instructions. Brother Jerry Kendall told me he spoke at a funeral. Was it yesterday, brother? And he said he read Ecclesiastes 12, 13. He said, let's listen to the conclusion of the matter. Fear Yahweh and keep His commandments for this is the whole duty of man. Our days are like grass. I knew a preacher one time that no matter what he preached on, when he got through, he said, and now I conclude, and he quoted Ecclesiastes 12, 13. This life is full of trouble. But we do not have to worry. If Yahweh is our Father. We don't. If you serve Yahweh, you ain't got nothing to worry about. No matter if this is my last sermon or if I'm going to teach a hundred more, a thousand more, if I serve Yahweh, I ain't got nothing to worry about. Because the next conscious moment that I'll have will be at the resurrection of the righteous. And it's because Yahweh is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and full of faithful love. I hope you grab a hold of this. And I hope you always remember this. This is yours in and through the Messiah by confession of sin, faith in Yahweh and Yahweh's Son and repentance. All of this belongs to you, His compassion and grace. Give Yahweh thanks for being such a wonderful, mighty one. I love you. And even more than that, Yahweh loves you. Let him know how much you love him before you go to bed tonight.